How should I start it? You like jazz? This is episode 304 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest and or conversations on anarchist activity, ideas, and comments from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. This is for the week of February 25th through March 3rd, 2023. What's new this week? What we're ranting about this week. I don't know. What do you want to, how do you, what do you, what should we call this week? Don't say we. I'm not ranting about anything. You are absolutely ranting about things. No, I, I am. am. You are channeling my ranting, which counts as you ranting. No, no, no I'm not you're right. you. You're right. It doesn't count at all. Which uh, is so <clears throat> weird every time I say I. I know, I love I'm it. I'm just like, this it's isn't great. me. It's great. This is me. What's my motivation? <laughs> <laughs> to make me laugh. Montreux Anarcha Queer Anarchist. That makes me laugh. There you go. Anarcha Queer Anarcha Feminist Festival. A lot of Anarcha in there. From squat.net, call for support for a squat at the beginning of the time of year when evictions start happening again in France. Quote, La Boutrière is an Anarcha feminist and trans PD Guin trans fag dyke squat opened by and for people who suffer from patriarchy Anyhow, it's been a year now that we've been making this place live, hosting many political events, parties, encounters, canteens, and so much more that allowed us forging precious alliances with different activisms. It is an anarchist and autonomous place of living and mobilization, which is why we want to defend it. Unquote. They're planning on three days of encounters that are to be without heterosis men. There is a minimalist program. Perhaps we'll get a report back. Jumping the Gap, Where Green Transphobia Leads, from a beautifulresistance.org by John Halstead. Where transphobia leads is apparently to fascism, and it's unclear what the green in the title has to do with anything. An ex-fan of the never-an-anarchist Paul Kingsnorth of Dark Mountain fame does a detailed examination with oh-so-many-links of Kingsnorth's shifts towards more explicit and blatant transphobia and Christianity since he bought land a few years ago and went off the grid. This is a careful and sad look at someone who used to be both eloquent and a friendly voice for some of us, and is no longer someone with ideas that interest us. And it's too bad that it's not the only such story. One could argue that there is a problem with extended isolation from one's political and or philosophical peers, or maybe that there is a tendency within people who search out that isolation chicken egg anyway no heroes that was jumping the gap red brown warnings from it's going down by spencer sunshine sunshine reviews a collection of essays by peter staudenmeyer on ecofascism called ecology contested when you said red brown warnings it just made me think of like gastrointestinal problems that is that is a comment on <laughs> e-news this is what you are not alone Sunshine used to work for a Marxist journal and is now an expert on anti-Jewishness and anti-fascism. And Staudenmeyer is an aggressively leftist anarchist. Both of their names are flashbacks to 20 years ago for some of us. Per usual, most of the argument seems to be built on the idea that because fascists and neo-fascists do something that anarchists do or vice versa, then anarchists are in danger of becoming fascists. The bulk of this review is about Staudenmeyer's piece on Kaczynski, who, as far as I know, hasn't been interesting to anarchists in a long time, as people got to know his views better. These folks are not making anti-fascism stronger by wildly pointing in all directions, but definitely check under your bed. From agency erasure to radical subjectivity. From structural fract at reimagining.noblogs.org. Reimagining seems to be a bookchin-friendly, philosophically-minded blog site, 
infrequently posted to and without enabled comments. This particular entry points out the growing predominance of anti-individualist theory, even among those who might think that they are pro-individualist. Quote, To clarify, it is important to be explicit. The criticism being levied here is not directed at organizing around marginalized identities for political objectives, but rather a particular manifestation of such that appears to embody successful recuperation and co-optation efforts of past truly radical iterations. To combat this issue, we must first openly recognize its existence. Not simply that the far right are leveraging aspects of the theoretical framework, but that the marketplace of oppression which the framework inherently produces is a gift to them. It is fundamentally flawed in that its essentializing prerequisites reify status quo power structures through competitively seeking recognition from status quo power structures. We need to promote clear ways of discussing these issues that align with the goals of liberation and cannot be co-opted by either the fascist right wing or vulgar big tent anti-identity politics left liberal social democrats." Unquote. Wouldn't say there is anything new here for those who have done some reading already around this issue, but it's nice to see it coming from inside their house, I guess, and using their words and authors when speaking to them might be more comprehensible to them, if you're into that sort of thing. Tribute to the philosopher René Scherer from Le Monde Libertaire by Patrick Schindler. Old and interesting dude has died. Quote, born in November 1922 in Toul, René contributed in the 1960s to making the work of Edmund Husserl known in France and was known as a critic of Heidegger and Max Stirner. After May 68, influenced by Charles Fourier, he developed in particular in Émile Perverti a philosophy of utopia and childhood in reaction to the institution of surveillance, in this anticipating the sociologist Michel Foucault and his famous discipline and punish, unquote. This text is from a friend, an ex-student of Scherer's, who promised to refute the story of the false accusation against Scherer once he died. The controversy was in 1982, perhaps a bad sign for those who are getting pedo-jacketed today by zealous fault-finders. Remember, people, the more of a knee-jerk reaction we have to accusations, the easier of a job we're giving to the state and other enemies. After Supreme Court confirmed 41 Beasts, Cospito returned to opera prison. From de.indymedia.org, English from Abolition Media. Quote, The hearing before the Supreme Court on February 24th, in which the detention regulation in 41 Beasts was confirmed, finally confirmed the will of the state to destroy our companions, a will that already emerged in December with the result of the hearing before the surveillance court in Rome. The latest relocation from Sao Paulo to Opera is all about this will to exterminate. You intend to destroy a comrade and believe that it is a warning to the revolutionary struggle in this country. However, the intention is in vain. The need to fight against the state and the capital is insatiable. The desire to overthrow this authoritarian social reality is insatiable. Unquote. Caspito's address is given for those who will write him. Vandalism at the Italian Cultural Center in London from Act for Freedom Now. An amusingly snarky announcement. Quote, at this sophisticated outpost of the Italian state, guests are invited to enjoy a current series of lectures from hand-picked academic experts on the great social and political issues of the day with the ambassador in attendance. The previous week, the audience was treated to a discussion of the energy transition, and next week, the theme was to be justice. 
All this makes it so regrettable that the building's Romanesque facade, with elegant white columns and heavy wooden doors, seems to have been soaked in paint by some vandals, clearly without the capacity to appreciate such things. Would you look at that? How did that happen? <laughs> Unquote. The lack of security that is supposed to be increased at Italy's diplomatic buildings is pointed out for those who care about such things. To the comrades from Il Rovescio, English from Act for Freedom Now. This is some Italian anarchists coming to grips with the court decision making it even more likely that Caspito will die. Quote, They decided to kill Alfredo with the coldness of executioners. Democracy is simply this. Inquests, media spectacles, death sentences. If all this had passed in silence or in the ruthless dehumanized staging of the opinion makers of the day, it would have been grave and unforgivable. But that's not what has happened. In all these months and well before, the molecules of this heterogeneous anarchist body have never stopped, despite the weight that was already bearing down on many of them. But that's the way of things. These seconds and minutes following the death sentence passed by the Supreme Court against Alfredo are interminable, but pain is different from surprise. We feel pain now, tremendous pain, but not surprise, and the pain that permeates our every cell is piercing, total, unquote. So noting pain for seeing some responses. The Bioethics Committee on Caspito is divided from Il Dubio, a machine translation. An article from a sympathetic mainstream media source about the ongoing legal question of whether to force-feed Caspito. It includes a comparison I at least was not expecting. Quote, From what has transpired, however, the committee is divided between pro-life and pro-abortion, with the majority that would like to impose artificial feeding on Caspito and a minority, on the other hand, who would like their right to self-determination, crystallized in the dates that he wrote and delivered to his lawyer, unquote. Showing some teeth there. Decomposition. For insurrection without vanguards. Sound great metal. Apparently. Decomposition. From anon. The announcement for... That, that part wasn't metal. The announcement for a pamphlet from ungrateful hyenas on the unfortunately liberal impact that the Invisible Committee slash Takunis reading has had on some struggles. At base, this seems like the ongoing and probably unresolvable conflict between what is reformist and what is militant, i.e. questions of effectiveness. Is it more radical to make friends with normies and perhaps encourage them to seem more like some apparent us? Or is it more effective to maintain distinct lines between our agendas and those who don't fight or at any rate, don't fight in ways that we like or recognize. Of course, this is me paraphrasing, so by all means, read these things for yourself. That was decomposition. FBI... That was a squealy that she can't, she can't stand pinched harmonics. Pinched harmonics. FBI harasses activists... Two indicted on Jane's revenge actions from UnicornRiot.Ninja. An article about the ludicrous overreaction of state forces in Florida, for example, flashbangs and automatic rifles, pointed at someone who hasn't even been accused of anything. Of course, complaining too much will just mean they'll find some reason to arrest everyone they act against. Anyway, quote, the Civil Liberties Defense Center, an Oregon-based nonprofit law firm specializing in criminal defense of activists, is representing Smith-Stewart in the case. 
If convicted of the offenses, these two activists each face up to a maximum of 12 years in prison, three years of supervised release, and fines of up to $350,000, wrote CLDC staff attorney Sarah Alvarez in a statement shared with Unicorn Riot. The allegations against our client amount to spray-painted graffiti. Unquote. Florida is not just a skit on political comedy shows, y'all. Be careful out there. Lots of info here about the current situation in Florida and the likely situation facing many states in the U.S. That was FBI harasses activists. In memory of unyielding anarchist rebel Labrado Rivera, from It's Going Down, a biographical memoir for an anarchist who died 91 years ago, a friend of and fellow political prisoner with the better-known Magone brothers. Quote, Rivera lived an uncompromising life committed to the cause of the poor and dispossessed, to the anarchist struggle against state and capital. Rivera was a crucial figure in the international anarchist movement, both as a journalist and organizer, helping coordinate revolutionary action and solidarity across the U.S.-Mexico border, across the Americas, and across the world. Rivera's anarchism found expression in international prisoner support, anti-imperialism, indigenous solidarity, Critiques of Post-Revolutionary Progressive Governments, unquote. That was the unyielding anarchist rebel, Rivera. 134 days on hunger strike for the repeal of prison isolation by Anand from Alas Vergadas. Machine translation. This text includes some details not included in other pieces, as well as this excerpt from a letter Cospito wrote to his lawyer. Quote, the greatest insult to an anarchist is to be accused of giving or receiving orders. When I was in the high surveillance regime, a prison circuit for prisoners considered particularly dangerous but with fewer restrictions than 41 bis, I was still censored, and I never sent Pizzini but only newspaper articles for anarchist magazines. Above all, I was free to receive books and magazines and write books and read whatever I wanted. In short, I was allowed to evolve, to live. Today I am willing to die so that the world knows what 41 Beasts really is. 750 people pass it without a word. Unquote. Incendiary sabotage in solidarity with Alfredo Cospito. From Barcelona in the Media, translated by Act for Freedom Now. Quote, Days before the appeal court met to assess the comrade situation, incendiary sabotage was carried out on fiber optics in one of the lines on the southern suburbs of Barcelona in solidarity with Alfredo Cospito, unquote. Signed, a few individualities with anarchist tendencies. Audio and video! Sex, Politics, and Anarchism from the Commoner, Part 2, 12 minutes. This is Part 2, Part 2. Did I say this was Part 2? I meant to say this was Part 2. Anyway, it is part two. Is this part two? I think it might be part two. I have a feeling this is part two. Did you not say that it was part I two? I don't know if I said it or not, but maybe I should say it again just in case. What what, what was I going to say? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention, but now that I'm <laughs> reading it, it says part two right there. Did you not say oh, it? I have no idea what's happening. Okay, here. I don't know what's going on either. This is part two of a talk with Elaine Leader, who's done interviews with anarchist women active in the 1920s through 1950s. Here she talks with the host about what they the, these women thought about sex roles, etc., the host of the talk is not inspired, but Elaine clearly has fun with her topic and had fun with her interviewees. I haven't checked out last week's part one of this interview, but I might do that. Introduced me to the term sexual riotism, which, nice. That's what they called polyamory. Oh, really? Yeah. 
You're not as ex- into that's awesome sexual riotism. What's wrong with you? Fucking. Uh, that I'm a, was. I'm a never nude. <laughs> that was sex. What was it? That was the second part. This one's of all Jack. You didn't even write the whole thing before you started to read it. <sighs> that was sex, politics, and anarchism. Part two of the interview. <laughs> agenda. First, there's studying for your French examination tomorrow. And secondly, you're scheduled to break the DNA code. Some things are a little more important than French class, computer. But be advised that you still haven't studied for your French test, and it's almost bedtime. Hmm. Hey, who needs to study? With my genius, I can learn while I sleep. Computer, which genius invention of mine shall I use to achieve the desired effect? Well, I don't know, Dexter. You're the genius. This is true. So, now bring me the subconscious discographic hypnotator. Bonjour, bonjour. I'm Jean-Pierre. And I am Sophie. We'll be your tutors for this lesson today. We'll start with breakfast at homes. Cheese, omelette. Omelette de fromage. 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 What did you say? Omelette de fromage? Oh, Dexter. Dexter. French is the language of love. Oh, say it again, Dexter. Omelette de fromage. Oh. Tout ne t'aime pas, tu mens. Unexpected item in bagging area. Hello and welcome to another reading from the Anarchist Library, where we bring you something relevant, topical, or at least interesting, written by and or about anarchists. This week, I'll be reading an excerpt from Emergence and Anarchism by Scott Nicholas Napalos. Be sure to check out the Anarchist Library for this and other fine works, and you can join the conversation at shhthisisalibrary at shh.com anarchyplanet.org. Emergence and Anarchism by Scott Nicholas Napalos, excerpt. Indeed, many dramatic political events appear to have come out of nowhere, even when we know they do not. Riots, revolutions, crises, and coups are clearly the product of countless actions of individuals, but when they occur, they often don't seem that way. The singularity of historical events, their apparent uniqueness, can make the actions of individuals and groups appear strange and almost magical. This is more acute with dramatic events, but equally present in our daily lives and social existence. 
From the perspectives of people committed to changing society, such quandaries are even more troubling. Actions have force. They change things. Yet it is nearly impossible to trace the force of these actions in practice. History rolls along either in spite of our actions or disproportionately explodes because of them. It is here that the structure of the most fundamental political disputes gets laid. There is a gulf between our behavior on a gross social level, with associated forces, structures, powers, and entities, and the actions of agents within those systems. Our experiences and ideas about how our actions affect the world seem to depend on how political events often unfold and respond to our actions. Strangely, political thought has often been only glancing, or worse, silent, on these issues. There's a gap that needs to be fleshed out. The world of agents is connected physically and conceptually to the world of social forces. Yet how? Where do the reasoning, problems, and interventions of people come into contact and separate from? Or where are they even born within those large-scale social forces that are so evident in our lives? Such a gap lies between political theory and its philosophical and metatheoretical groundings, the structures upon which all our social thinking rests. This problem, connecting the worlds of agency and emergent social forces, is a political question, because it speaks to the attempts of individuals and groups to find ways to alter the course of history through their actions. Looking at it another way, it is simply to explore how our actions can positively affect efforts towards a liberatory society given the immense and unpredictable powers that seem beyond our grasp and defy prediction. How does a riot happen? Or how did the financial crisis, which began at the end of the first decade of the millennium, come to be? What reality is there behind the mythology of the great men of history? Did a small handful of armed guerrillas in the mountains really overtake Cuba? Did Hitler conquer Germany? How was Russia brought under the tyranny of the Stalinist bureaucracy? Hierarchy emerging from non-hierarchy, apparently spontaneous events, disproportionate influences of actions on the course of history, the impossibly complex ping-ponging of individuals' actions in creating riots and revolts, and power which takes on a life of its own. These phenomena need explanations and interventions. If we were able to connect societal functioning to the world of actors systematically, a foundation could be constructed to approach these problems. In our new century, such issues have become too present to not take up in light of events in Egypt, Tunisia, Latin America, and Occupy, the disruptions in China and India, or even worker unrest in the United States. Each month, the political landscape shifts, revealing slowly a changing world and unfamiliar environment for those who seek the transformation of society. This series of problems is connected by key characteristics and relationships. The events are more than the sum of their parts. New things appear that do not share the traits of the actions, parts, and structures that produce them. It is this coming out from that will take up the course of this work and lead us through biology, power, agency, and cognition. This is the problem of emergence.
What you working on? I need a letter of recommendation, so I'm reaching out to one of my old professors, but I don't want to come off as sycophantic. Sycophantic? What does that mean? That means, like, obsequious. Like you're buttering up someone for the wrong reasons? Servant-like? Oh. What's up, Brian? About to head to the store. You guys need anything? Ha! Obsequious much? Sheesh. What? <laughs> this guy. Oh, Sycophanty. Sycophantic. You guys think I'm sycophantic? No. Yeah. But the guy just learned what that word means, so he's being sloppy with it. No! Brian asked if we wanted anything. That is servant-like. I used it appropriately. Ouch. You're not sycophantic. He's at least obsequious. Stop it! I, mean, I was just being polite. It's not like I was offering to wash your underwear. You wish you were washing my underwear. Come on, dude. Cool it. Okay, but if he's gonna cater to us, that is servant-like, which is by your definition, obsequious. Context matters, man. Yeah, nuance. Well, what's the point of learning fancy new words if you're not gonna use them immediately and confidently? Okay, now you're just being pedantic. You're pedantic! What are you doing? I'm looking up pedantic. You know, you could just talk normally, right? Yeah, you don't have to use fancy words. Yeah, I do. Why? Because I want to sound smart and important. You're important to us. That's just you being obsequious, man. For real, man, just talk how you normally would. No, look, let's just discuss something else, okay? And whenever you feel the urge to use a frivolous word, don't. Hey, we'll love you just the same. That's right. Even if I'm pedantic? Even if you're pedantic. Or maybe even obsequious? Sure. Or perhaps even plingery? What is that? I wanted to make up my own. Sure, even if you're plingery. Yeah, even if you're plingery. You know, all my life teachers would call me dumb. They'd say I was forgetful, distracted, forgetful. Wow, but I'm not gonna let them win. Forget about them, man. About who? You need to shed your desire to be fancy, dude. It is time for ego death. Ego death? Here. Stare at this pen. What's that supposed to do? As I count down, the layers of your psyche will peel off like an onion. That's ridiculous, can I just- Three. Your super ego. Two. Your, your ego. ego. One. Pourquoi dirais-je autre chose que ce dont il s'agit, justement, dans ce qu'il en est de l'inconscient A savoir que le langage, ça n'a jamais, ça ne donne jamais, ça ne permet jamais de formuler que des choses qui ont 3, 4, 5, 10, 25 sens. Le sujet supposé savoir. This week's podcast was sound edited by Octox. The What's New was written by Chisel and read by Chisel and Spitter. This week there was no conversation on the topic of the week because the topic broke the people. From the Anarchist Library, we have Max Rez reading an excerpt from Emergence and Anarchism by Scott Nicholas Napolos. We hope this podcast is useful too and fun for anarchists and the anarcho curious and you. Not you, though. Please, <laughs> 